0: Welcome to the latest episode of five on the floor on the five reasons sports network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on dash radios, nothing but net channel. We have moved to 7 PM daily. Part of the reason for that is I now have a show on Onsideradio.com radio.com that covers more than just the heat every day at 10 AM. We'll actually have Josh Houts on Monday. He'll bring his baby bottle pointer to talk about Tua as the dolphins go to eight and four on the season. With four really challenging games left. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, f-i v e reasonsports.com. We have Brady Hawk somewhere in a basement writing 12 stories a day. So make sure you check out all of them. He gets a penny a story. So go to fivereasonsports.com. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. One of them. I had a pretty good day with this particular sponsor here today. This is MyBookie.ag. I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. I needed it because I bet on the Lions. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds, boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. They also have the most props, and with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of and it's not difficult to find some value in the line so whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines unique prop bets and contests that they offer every week sign up or get reloaded today find an edge make your bet and get paid they also boast a fully fledged casino platform giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you expect to find at your local spot and the best part is And my bookie, the doors never close. You continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use the promo code five on the floor that's spelled out five on the floor, F I V E, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. Now, the terms are simple you put in 200, they'll match you with another hundred in your account. If you're already planning on betting this season, this is free betting money. So go to mybookie.ag, it's winning season at mybookie use the code five on the floor and now today's episode
1: one
2: two three four five on the floor
0: welcome to
2: five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba featuring ethan skolnick with alphonse sydney alex toledo and greg
0: sylvander part of the five reason sports network All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Obviously, big football weekend, but we want to get into basketball. Today's floor plan, we're going to try to make Nikias Duncan feel a little bit better about his Eagles. Um, We are sorry to do this to you after, uh, yeah. (laughs) Do do you want to do 25 minutes on Carson Wentz, Nikias? How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm going to be honest.
1: That is uh, not an interesting conversation for me. Uh, It has been absolutely awful to watch all year long. Uh, I am not a happy camper. I will always have 2017. That's the only thing that's keeping me sane watching this
0: team. Yeah, not, no question. And we'll always wonder if they actually would have won the Super Bowl with Carson instead of Nick Foles. Anyway, we got Nakias Duncan. You can follow him at basketballnews. Uh, com, of course, and Nikias NBA on Twitter. We've also got Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander. No Alphonse Sydney tonight. He'll be back a little bit later in the week. And one thing I did want to mention, our plan is there's 72 heat games. We're going to do something after all of them. All of them, okay. Even if we expand our ranks here a little bit, whether it's a stream or a pod or something, you're going to get something from five on the floor. But today's topic we're going to dive into the two new players that the Heat acquired, not Precious Atchua, but the two veteran players, Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley. We're going to start with Avery Bradley to get into what can be expected of both of them, what is kind of real, what is myth, and all of that. We're going to start with Avery Bradley here. Um, And I will start with you, Nikias, then I'll go to Greg and Alex on this. I've always found it interesting with Bradley that there's been this perception of him being an elite perimeter defender, but sometimes the analytics haven't always shown that. Is he at this stage?
1: Um, He does have an all-defensive team uh, birth under his belt. Um, Overall, no, he's not an elite defender. He's elite at one specific part of defense which is on-ball defense against point guards, or at least like-sized guards, as he's uh, 6'2", 6'3", in that range. Really good at hounding guards, really good at fighting over screens, um, taking away airspace with the dribble. Um, he is, is a lanky guy, but he's also wiry strong, so you can't really move him off of spots like that. Um, where he gets into trouble is defending bigger wings. Um, in terms of IQ, in terms of effort, you know, positioning, he's good, but He's just not that big. So if you're putting him on a two or if you're putting him on a wing, they can just kind of shoot over the top or post up, toss in those fadeaways or whatever. He can't really contest the shots um, to make the kind of impact that he can. That's why he's better at guarding point guards. And that's where he slots in on this heat team because he is by far the best point guard defender on the roster right now. And that's really all they need for him. It's particularly in the regular season, since I anticipate Miami will start a little bit bigger, maybe go back to the drop defense during the regular season and maybe downsize in the postseason. But for that drop scheme, Avery Bradley is going to be a guy that can hound point guards at the point of attack. And that's what Miami was missing quite a bit last year.
0: Alex, we talked about it all year, this being the number one issue. Spelcher didn't shy away from it when we asked him about it. Point of attack defense, point of attack defense, point of attack defense if that is primarily what he's providing, right. Are you okay with him getting extended minutes over somebody who might give you a little bit more creativity offensively?
2: Yeah, no doubt. I'm okay with it, especially during the regular season. Cause I just, I'm kind of looking at it from a perspective of like, you know, whatever they end up doing with how they kind of use guys and their playing time. I'm good with it. I'm sure it's not going to be like a, like a normal season, but uh, that kind of makes even more sense to me Whereas It's like, okay, uh, Bradley can play some of these minutes throughout the regular season if you want to sit some of these guys out, like if Drogic misses a game here, Iguodala misses a game here, Jimmy misses games here. I think even if he, you know, these guys aren't missing games, it makes sense for him to be a 20 or, you know, 20 plus minute type of guy. I think, you know, I couldn't agree with any, anything Nikai said more. Like, I think he provides that one thing and that's exactly what they needed. And, you know, not that this turns them into an elite defense just by adding that one guy, but it's just one less way that I think you can exploit the heat and just one more tool in the toolbox for Spo, who, you know, he knows what he's doing with these guys. And so I just think it makes them kind of a little bit tougher to beat, even though they did lose Crowder. But I mean, yeah, like if, if hero has to take some time, like if Bradley gets playing time over hero, sometimes maybe at the end of a fourth quarter, hero's not having it and Bradley's playing well, they need somebody to guard a point guard. Yeah. I'm good with this sometimes like that. We know that's how it's going to go. Sometimes it's, It might just depend on the game for Spoke,
0: Greg, as you look at it, we talked about needs in the offseason again. This was a primary need. He comes in at a really good price, right? Um, I was a little bit surprised there wasn't more interest in him out there in the market, and it it did seem really that it was kind of, if he wasn't going back to the Lakers, that this became the option. Uh, As you look at it, though, I mean, what are your legitimate expectations for him? Because we have seen in the past that the Heat will bring in a veteran player, but it's kind of a – it's kind of to plug the time until somebody else is ready. And I feel like when we talk about Harkless, we're going to get into that conversation. But do you think as we get to the playoffs, that Avery Bradley is going to be a significant 25 minute a game player for them, or is he going to be a guy who just helps get them through the season?
3: I have a feeling that both of these guys, but uh, you know, Bradley, definitely from a point of attack perspective, suppose going to trust these guys. I feel like the, the things that, Avery Bradley brings from just like a pure sheer effort perspective and the way that he hustles. um, And then the fact that obviously that point of attack defense and the things that he brings that way are going to be, you know, if, you, if you're locked into a series with some quick guard, if all of a sudden you have Trey Young in, in round one, I mean, obviously he's not going to shut him down, but you don't have very many other options. So I think there'll be some matchup dependent stuff, but he he is the type of player that Spolster tends to, to trust um, in terms of the fact that he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He always hustles. He plays defense as well as one could, uh, you know, expect him to play. And this is the other thing for him. I mean, he's 36% from three last year. I think he's 37% uh, for his career from the corners. So he's got some of that, uh, you know, like if you get an uptick in percentage, just a little bit, a career year, uh, you know, that that's something to watch out for. I mean, he's he's primarily a guy that's not going to create offense. I think I looked in, uh, it looks like 92% of his threes come off assists. So he's not creating any of it. For himself but they don't really need him to um the one thing that i'll watch and this kind of circles back to your initial question about the playoffs uh his percentage from three is di- it dips to 31 mm-hmm. um for his career in his 39 playoff game so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of elevate his game versus shrink uh when the playoffs come around all right Nikaias, let's go through some
0: combinations some duos right two-man combos in the backcourt primarily because last year we saw one of the big problems was that it was difficult for Eric to play certain players together. Dragic and Nun did not work as a pairing the entire year, right? For obvious reasons. Dragic and Hero did offensively. We know what it looked like defensively. Um, so let's go through some of these combinations because I think this affects whether or not he can be a starter. Do you like the pairing of Bradley and Hero together?
1: Uh, I am fine with it. Um, I do think you get the off the you get the get dribble creation with Hero and the shooting with Hero. You get the off-ball movement from Bradley. And then defensively, I think Hero profiles are the guy that can defend twos better than ones. I'm not going to get into the arm conversation. But I mean, he's a sound positional defender, works hard. Does, um, does he's he have not quick enough to guys? handle point guards. Um, that's where he... – <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have a tape measure on me. I don't know. But, uh, he's, he but yeah, Bradley's the guy you want to
0: have <laughs> – I, I was going to ask you oh, if his well arms are longer than Adonis's. No, we, we we won't get you on track. Continue. We, we apologize, <laughs> Greg and I both.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, if you if you can trust Hero to defend twos more, than you can trust him to defend ones at this point. Bradley can slot um defending ones, and offensively with both of them being able to shoot, you basically giving you're basically giving yeah. Jimmy Butler primary point guard duties anyway. So I think that pairing can work on both ends.
0: All right, let's get to the next one, uh, Bradley and Dragic. I, don't I know. get I don't it. Um, would both of those guys be coming off the bench at that point? I mean, I, I just think this whether is, they're coming off like the that. bench or I mean, whether they're coming off the bench or whether they're starting, I I can see that being a combination that plays a lot of minutes together. You know, particularly down the stretch of some games, perhaps too, if Tyler doesn't have it. So, I, I does it matter? I guess if their starters are coming off the bench, I'm, I'm just curious, kind of, you know, what the two of them would look like together.
1: I think it kind of matters because that sounds more like a Gorn is your first sub or Bradley is your first sub, and they're kind of playing together midway through the first. I wouldn't want to close games because that's just, that's too small. Um, you already have to hide Gorn a little bit. Uh, Bradley is basically a one-position defender as well, even though he's good at defending that one position, and Gorn isn't that your backcourt gets really small there. i do not not a fan of that one for large portion of the game.
0: All right, so let's say neither Hero nor uh in the starting lineup, which is a possibility. Let, let's look at a starting lineup that's been discussed, at least on our podcast, uh, which is basically, let's say the lineup is Myers and Bam. Let's say they go big up front mm-hmm. with, with Jimmy, Duncan, and Bradley. How does that look?
1: Um, I think that that might be what I would go with for the starting lineup, honestly. I would be fine with that. You have enough spacing. You have enough off-ball movement. You have Jimmy kind of directing traffic. He wants to be um, a facilitator early in games anyway. Um, the paint's going to be wide open for him to drive or for Bam to kind of operate. And, again, you get you kind of maximize the defense. You have some size next to Bradley, even though Duncan isn't a great defender either. But, I mean, you get a little bit more size at the two. Um, both of those guys are really good coming off a of screen. So I, I think you have some two-way potential there. Like I can see that being a successful starting lineup in the regular season at least.
0: All right, Alex, I'll go to you on this one. Do you think we'll see Bradley and Nunn at all together?
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I expect Kendrick Nunn to get a good amount of playing time this season. I We haven't even really gone through the rotation, but I'm, I'm not even sure how, but I feel like they're going to try to get him minutes. And I think as a result, like, Maybe they're going to try to help him a little bit in the same way that you try to help Hero or Goron by, by slotting Bradley next to him, especially because I think Nunn is kind of the one that's maybe furthest behind. But I, I'm not against it, really. And I think what Nikaya said about, uh, about playing Avery and Myers, I, I'm with him there as well. I kind of feel like if you're going to sign Myers and, you know, you lose Crowder, and let's say you want to go ahead and start Myers and go back to the draft for the regular season and size down in the playoffs like Nakaya mentioned earlier, I think it really makes a lot of sense to maximize Myers by having uh, Bradley there, so Myers isn't constantly having to defend on an island once the point guard gets beat on the screen. And so I think you can really play Bradley with a lot of lineups. Is what is kind of the point that we're getting at here. And I think that's actually going to be really useful for Spo. And that's kind of a theme that I think uh, we'll get to in this and in, in this pod is that Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley just help them give them you know more types of lineups that they can throw out.
0: All right, so let's close the Bradley section here then because I do want to get to Harkless um, after a, a word here from, from one of our sponsors. Are we going to get to the point? There is a feeling from some Heat fans that sometimes Spolster will lean on sort of the trusted guy like Igudala, is a good example of this. There have been many examples of this through the year. Shane Battier was another example. You know, a guy who quote-unquote knows how to play, which Avery Bradley clearly knows how to play. He's played in big games um, you know, he, he's not a player who makes a ton of mistakes. Is there going to be a point where heat fans are frustrated? Maybe that they're seeing more of Bradley, maybe than hero, maybe more of Bradley, even than none who may, may show bigger upside offensively. I know heat fans are not there with none right now, but they might get back there. Uh, Cause they certainly were at the beginning of last season. Do you see Greg, any scenario where. Avery Bradley, which I think is a good acquisition to me. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a very low risk acquisition. Like Nakaya said, it addresses their single biggest defensive need. Uh, but where it almost becomes an albatross in the sense where Eric is leaning on the vet instead of playing the young guys in more of those situations.
3: I mean, there's a couple parts to it. One layer is that, uh, inevitably Heat fans will be frustrated by Spolstra's rotations at some point because that's just an innate trait in uh, in Heat Twitter specifically, but in Heat Nation also. Um, but this season in particular, I think it's going to be one that – uh, having this kind of depth and being able to cycle guys in and out and in, in spurts is going to be big, um, particularly with the run that they just went on only having, you know, 70 plus days off since they finished the last season, um, and having, you know, the, the guys that did the heavy lifting that they did towards the end, particularly Jimmy, um, You're going to need to, you're just going to have to go deep on the bench. So it's like, it's a situation where I think, yeah, there may be peaks and valleys from a playing time perspective throughout the year where you see Spolster lean in the veteran direction. But I think just by virtue of the way this season's going to unfold, he's going to have to rely a little bit on some of the younger players to get them through maybe a burst of energy here, there a week, two weeks. So um, I ultimately, yes, people are going to get frustrated, but I think when playoff time comes uh, he's shown that he trusted hero he's shown that he'll trust other young players Bam Adebayo, players like that so um, as long as guys are performing I think ultimately what will shake out is uh, you know, the the best players will get on the floor. Alright, yes or no answer here,
0: no more than that Will Avery Bradley be with the Heat beyond this season? Alex
2: Yes, he'll be too he'll be at such a good price, it'll be too much to pass over
0: Nikias
3: what if I want to say no
0: Hmm Greg, you break the tie. I'm
3: going yes. His team option is too attractive not to pick it up. More than one word. Sorry, I just I couldn't say my name in more than one word. <laughs> no, well, you could actually.
0: I mean, it, Greg is one word, but they, that's fine. I mean, Greg Sylvander is two words, but that's fine. I say yes also. I think Avery Bradley is going to be one of those guys that they just feel uh, they don't want to let get away because he fits them. So well, so I do think he will be here. All right, we're going to talk about Mo Harkless here in a second. Before we do I want to tell you about another sponsor of the five reasons sports network, another local sponsor, good friend of the program. His name is Mark Brown. You can find him at markbrownpa.com. Again, that's M-A-R-C brownpa.com. You can call the office at 954-566-5678. Again, that's 954 566 5678, right here in Broward, but also services, uh, also Palm Beach and Dade. This is a real estate litigation and transaction law firm, both commercial and residential, with a full-service attorney-owned title company, $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. That's right, just $295 on the closing fee on all refinances and purchases. When mentioning five reasons, they handle evictions for both sides, landlords or tenants, and they offer flat fee evictions, practicing for nearly 15 years. Again, call the office, mention five reasons. Make sure you do this, 954-566-5678. That's 954 954- five, six, six, five, six, seven, eight, Mark dot Also make sure you check out all the t-shirts on the website. They all still apply, including that BAM VP shirt. So make sure you check uh, that one out. That one's been selling pretty well since he signed the extension. All right, let's get to the next guy. Mo Harkless, a player who was briefly with the Miami heat before they had to kind of reconfigure that trade. I recommend you listen to our episode with Bernie Lee, Jimmy Butler's agent, which is one of our top episodes we've ever done actually in terms of downloads. So make sure you check that out. A lot of stories about Jimmy that you didn't know, but one of the things was Jimmy was on his way here with Mo Harkless, but they again had to change that trade because of the way things fell apart with Dallas. They didn't get him. They come back a year later and they get him. Um, He's only 27, Nikaias. This surprised me. Like the certain guys I'll see in age, of, wow, I thought Mulharcus was in the NBA longer than that, but he's just mm-hmm. bounced around. What is, let's start with what he offers defensively.
1: Well, defensively, he is a guy that can defend three positions, four positions in a pinch, depending on how small the other team is. Um, a really underbeat, um, has some length to him, a um, guy that knows where to be. Uh, I think he's going to slide in like above whenever the heat get late in the game. If he's closing, um, the he decided they want to switch towards the end of the game to think Harkless is going to really be comfortable there. Um, just, a, I mean... Ohio, ready for some quick mental health
0: facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
1: Really a seamless fit for what Miami wants to do. He has fantastic instincts off the ball. Um, Can get overpowered against like some power wings. So you want to watch certain matchups. But overall, I mean, he does have have the size, does have the athleticism to defend a lot of different player types.
0: Alex, where do you see him fitting defensively for them?
2: Yeah, I mean – I think Nikias really nailed it. Like, I mean, like he usually does, but whenever they want to go and and switch on defense, like he's going to be able to be kind of a perfect fit there. And I think that's why they picked him up, especially, you know, because he was available at such a, a, a good price too, where it's just like another guy that you can get there that you could throw in. And again, like I mentioned with Bradley, it just depends on what you want to do and what type of problem you want to solve on defense. I think it depends on really who's out there for the heat. And I think that's why kind of Harkless makes so much sense. You can throw them on so many different types of players like Nikai has mentioned. And I think it's just going to be another type of problem solver on defense. And I think it would have been really tough to have Crowder and Derek walk if they, without having a, without having picked up some other defense guys. And I think that's why both of these guys make so much sense is to kind of keep that uh, two-way balance in the rotation and in the lineups. And I think whether it's for the regular season or for the playoffs, uh, Spo's going to have a lot of different things he can do because of these guys.
3: Yeah, Harkless and how Spolstra uses him is one of the things that I'll be watching closest as the season starts. You know, there were reports out there that he uh, came to Miami for an elevated role on a you know on a good team versus maybe a little bit more money elsewhere, and I'm interested to see what that comes with. And, and I say that because in some of the smaller lineups, uh, I just I, I I'll never forget Spolstra. And the way he um, was campaigning for Jay Crowder to shoot more threes, shoot more of them. I don't care if you shoot 10, 11 threes a game. Um, and part of like what was making that line, those smaller lineups work so well was some of that uh, ability to stretch the floor. Where Mo-, Mo Harkless has never attempted more than about two threes a game in a season. So it'll just be interesting to see how they balance getting the necessary um space out of playing mo harkless because he brings all the defensive stuff i mean initially i thought he was the the djj replacement but then when you kind of saw how the offseason shook out it almost looks like he's going to end up doing a lot of the things from a utility perspective that jay crowder did but he doesn't shoot the threes like jay so that's like going to be an interesting part of how spolstra balances this and is this a guy who can take a leap and actually take a few more threes and be respectable out there
0: all right, so let's switch over to the other side because you, you got into it here with the three ball. Defensively, obviously, you know, he brings a lot of the characteristics they like. Nikias, what are his strengths offensively and what are the limitations?
1: Um, the strengths, uh, I would watch him as a guy that can get free off some cuts. Um, whenever Miami goes to like their their post-split actions, they're like dumping into Bam, um, he's a guy that kind of sneak in when defenses pay more attention to a hero coming off the screen or you know, Hero and Robinson are coming together to kind of go in reach way or whatever. Mo Harkins is a guy that can kind of sneak back door and can dunk on a guy every once in a while. Um, again, very sneaky athlete, which is, you know, funny thing to say, very thing to say, but he can get up sometimes. Um, the question marks are basically everything else. You're not going to run a pick-and-roll through them. Um, the shot has been inconsistent like Portland fans probably still can't stand him or Alf Camino because it just seems like those two just took turns having two week stretches of shooting four percent for three followed by like shooting like twenty percent. And they've had those uh, shooting woes in the postseason as well. Um and you know Greg pretty much hit it on the put it on the head like in addition to the accuracy and a high volume guy either. So that's also part of the reason why the cold streaks feel so much worse because he isn't taking that many threes anyway. So if he does have a night where he takes four or five threes and he's one of five, the, he just kind of kills your offense. So the shot is really going to be the swing skill in terms of how much Spoh is going to trust him in uh, towards the end of games.
0: Is he a better uh, – is he a better with the ball in his hands than either Crowder or DJJ were?
1: I think – I mean, he's going to be better than DJJ by default. Uh probably on par with jay crowder though the bar isn't very high in that regard either
0: and and to, and to that end i mean i know you weren't a fan of djj with a ball in his hand so I, that was kind of a trick question but yeah i mean i, I think <laughs> but 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 i think with jay i mean you're not i guess alex the point is you're not really going to be asking him to do too much in some of these lineups if you have jimmy as a ball handler you have bam as a ball handler you have goron or hero as ball handlers you have none at times as a ball handler we we talked about Avery's limitations doing it, but you seem to have enough guys who, who, I mean, even Andre, I mean, they ran offense through Andre at times last year and Kelly, right. Uh, Yeah. We keep forgetting about Kelly, but they, they, but they have enough players that, I mean, honestly, Harkless could be the fifth ball handler on the floor at most times. And it really wouldn't affect you.
2: Yeah, no, I think, you nailed it. like, I think Bradley and Harkless, because of what you said right there, like they they're not going to really need to do much on offense other than take the open shots that are there. And I think what Leif said, like, is really the key. I think Spo is going to be telling those guys to shoot whenever those shots become available, especially after the actions are set up. Right. And just whenever it's there, because those shots need to be taken. It's the same thing that we talked about with uh, Crowder and Iguodala when they acquired those two. And it's just like they need to create the gravity themselves by taking the open shots that Bam, Jimmy, and Duncan Robinson and, and Hero and Dragic create. Like, they already got the creation stuff, the spacing stuff, all of that figured out. They're just going to be, you know, 3 and D guys, and it really is that, that, you know, that's kind of all it is for them. Like, I don't expect to see Harkless ever with the ball in his hands outside of a cut like Nikaias mentioned, which I do think we'll see a lot of for sure, especially when he plays. I mean, he's always going to be playing next to a guy who can find cutters, whether it's Bam or Kelly. So I think that makes sense where he'll, he'll get some easy points there. But other than that, other than cuts and threes, he won't be doing much on offense. And I kind of feel the same way about Bradley uh, who, you know, might come off a pin down and go from there. But again, I don't really think we'll see the ball in either of these guys hands much.
0: Let's and you don't into,
2: need
0: him to. And let's get into the other topic I mentioned with Bradley, but I think it's even more of a potential issue with Harkless. Again, we've seen these kind of Trojan horse type veterans come in with the heat before you know, it's a player you bring in for a period of time and then somewhere halfway through the season, the player disappears because somebody else emerges. Is there a chance here that we're looking at Harkless as being, again, a placeholder, Nikias, for when KZ Akpala is ready? Or is it even comparable? Is, is, are those the minutes that, that Akpala might take?
1: Uh, I feel like if Akpala is going to take minutes, at least in the regular season, I feel like he would be taking Andre Godala's minutes in the regular season, if anything. I just think KZ is very, 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 very thin. Mm-hmm. Um, He makes DJJ look a little bulk, built. So I don't really want him playing much for at all. So I think Harkless is safe in that regard. If Harkless is going to be a placeholder for a young guy, I think he'll be precious. Just I think you're going to want to slide Precious in next to a shooter uh, if he's playing with Kelly on the second unit. Um, if Mo Harkless doesn't start, you know, we talked earlier about the Miami Heat maybe starting big going with Bam and Myers in the front court. So I think if Harkless is going to be a placeholder for anyone, I think it'd be Precious. I, I think KZ is pretty firmly going to be like a big three.
3: I think like part of this, when you have a bunch of guys with one year contracts and we've talked about their incentive to have their best seasons ever, as they head into a more robust free agency period in 2021. Um, Like this, this reminds me of when the heat signed Derek Williams and James Johnson To one-year deals both Mm -hmm. of them and everyone had said like Derek Williams was going to be the guy that kind of took this leap and 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 he was going to like earn a a big paycheck and it ended up being James Johnson and nobody had predicted that there's a little bit of that kind of in play here where um, you don't know who's going to be the guy who rises up, but Harkless is going to get that opportunity. And uh, you know, that's the, that's the good thing about having guys on one year deals is that um, they're not paid and um, and getting lazy. Let's just say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also you're hopeful that the heat are not going to make the same mistake that they made with James Johnson, which is over rewarding a guy for that one year. And like they did with Dion also, but this time it's not going to happen because I mean, th- there's a bigger goal at play here in 2021. All right. When we come back, I got one more question for all of these guys before we do a word for manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, you know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that. The Knicks are no good. Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast. And just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5rsn at manscape.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skoldick back on five on the floor. We got Nikaias Duncan again from basketball news. Also appears with us quite a bit. Alex Salito, following the tropical blanket. Uh, he's been on the zoom calls too. The heater putting two players. Two players in Spolstra usually on those calls, and we get those up on our YouTube channel in addition to the Twitter site and also, of course, Greg Sylvander. All right, let's lay it out for you right now. The Heat brought in two veterans in Harkless and Bradley. They let two veterans go in Jay Crowder and DJJ. We know the circumstances of both of them. DJJ got more money, more years than they were willing to give him and Jay Crowder the same basically although they wanted to bring him back on the one year at 14 million but they weren't willing to guarantee the second year are the heat let's not talk about internal improvement from Bam hero etc or talk about whether Dragic might come back diminished in some way after the injury or maybe Jimmy might be tired i don't want to talk about anybody else two for two okay and let's not even get into precious and solomon hill cuz obviously long term that's an upgrade we love you king solomon but long term it's an upgrade two for two king solomon Did the, did the heat get better? Did the heat get better? Nikias.
1: Uh, I say they got a little bit better. Um, I think Harkless is a better player than DJJ. Um, And I think while you can argue that Crowder is better than Bradley, I do think Bradley provides an element that the heat were just flat out missing. So I think him filling that void in addition to probably being what maybe half a tier below Crowder as a player, um, just that filling that void of a point of attack defender, I think gives him a little bit of an edge there. So I, I think the heat did get a little bit better on balance.
0: Greg, they get
3: better or yeah. worse. No, that's, I'm leaning in the same direction as Nakias. You know, if I had to pick one of the four players that I would want, it would be Jay Crowder, obviously. But uh, we're one, and I know we talked a lot about regressions with Jay Crowder, and I don't know, um, I guess it came towards the end, actually, right? Uh, We're one season of him shooting back the way he did in Memphis, away from maybe like this being a completely ridiculous question. Um, because I think Avery Bradley, as Nakaya says, just fills some holes that were so apparent. And also you're relying on some of your best players to have to do what Avery Bradley is now going to, to get to do. So ultimately I think they did get a bit better.
2: Yeah. So, uh, when these moves were first made, I was in the, I was in a chat of ours, just kind of saying, I think that I was leaning the other way. I was saying, that once it gets to the playoffs, I think they got a slightly weaker playoff rotation. And I've come around, man. I have. Like, I I end up kind of siding with what you guys said, that just the point. And it's funny that I didn't really, uh, that I was saying that and being one of the guys that was just constantly mentioning point of attack. But no, I mean, they needed it. They really needed it. And I think it's really going to help them. Like I mentioned before, I think we're going to see uptick from both of those guys, from Bradley and Parkless. I think we're going to see kind of the Jay Crowder effect. And maybe that's optimistic, but I just think that Spo is going to be telling these guys to take as many open shots as they can. I think it would be nice if Harkless could get a little bit stronger. So I could be more confident about him guarding fours, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Cause I think he's going to be the guy that maybe is the one that gets uh, his playing time cut once, you know, you get further along in the playoffs, but I think they got slightly better. I think Harkless is a good enough replacement for Crowder and Honestly, the Bradley thing just kind of overpowers it for me. Like, I think he's a perfect fit for what they needed. And it's not going to make them, you know, it's not going to make them unstoppable by any means, but it plugged in some holes. And I think that's what you needed. And that's what they could do without hurting the 2021 plan.
0: To me, if, again, if can... go, go ahead, guys. I was going to make a quick note. I think
1: what's kind of being undersold, um, and maybe you guys have talked about it on the prior pod, and I've just missed it. But in a worst case scenario, if Mo Harkless just can't shoot and you can't play him in the playoffs, the Heat can just go Jimmy at the four. And that's just not a thing we've seen yet. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can close out a game with Bam and Jimmy as your front court, like if you're facing Boston or something where they're not going to have a lot of size, if you have Bam and Jimmy in your front court and you can just kind of fill it out with Gorn, Hero, but, uh, Robinson, you can go Avery, Br- Bradley, Hero, Robinson, uh, depending on how Gorn's going at night. I, I think the issues at the four, um, losing Jay Crowder, I think they've been a little bit overblown just because of how well Jay shot during the regular mm-hmm. season, like the first round and half the playoffs. I think the Heat have ways to field the void at the four. Like, again, if they're starting Myers Leonard at the five, bam, your four. And I think that's a little bit of an upgrade over Jay Crowder. So,
2: Nikai, to me, the thing,
3: down-
2: sorry to interrupt. The thing with the four, to me, that I thought I, I kind of would like to hear your opinion on is I, I agree with you as far as the, the offensive side, How do you feel about the four position on defense, especially, you know, once you start getting deeper into the playoffs against the best teams?
1: Like, I generally don't mind. Like, I'm looking at the regular season, especially with Miami being as deep as they are. Like, if they do eventually go to, like, Jimmy at the four, like, A, he's strong enough and he's good enough to do it. But also, that's not a thing we're going to see much of in the regular season outside of some very specific matchups. Like, I think the Heat are going to pace both of their stars. So I don't really worry about the wear and tear in that regard. And if Jimmy's not going to be worn down when you go to it in the postseason, like we just saw what he can do when he ramps it up. So I'm, I'm just not concerned about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, what I was, it's, to it's me the thing about these moves and I'm with you, I do think we could see more Jimmy at the four. Um, and I also think, like I said, I mean, it could be something that precious evolves into, or maybe KZ puts on the weight as the season progresses, we see him more there. So I think they have enough options we also haven't talked about Kelly much. He's still on the roster <laughs> uh, and he's had spells where he's been very productive for them. So we could see some of him with bam also. So I, I, I do think that there are options there, but to me, what this whole thing reminds me of again, is that the heat learn from their lessons and uh, they learn their lessons from their mistakes. And, you know, we, we were always, I remember when Chris winning, Chris Whittingham was on this pod with me. And we always talked about if in 2017, after they got those career years from Dion and JJ They had just said, you know what? We got it. It was house money, but we don't want to take a chance on it again. They're not worth four years. We're going to go roll the same thing back. We're going to try, I don't know, Jeff Green and Tyreek Evans for one year this time and see if they have career years. Like it feels like they learned that lesson now or is like DJJ. Yes, we used to call him like a first round pick. And yes, Jay Crowder gave us more than we ever could have anticipated, helped us get to the finals. But that's okay. Okay, we're going to try this with Harkless and Bradley. And I do think it shows growth of the organization that they did this. And to provide my own thing, I do think they got better. I do think because here's why I think they got better. Uh, Eric Spolcher decided that DJJ was not playable in the playoffs. He just decided it like he was not he wasn't using him. And we all knew
2: that was going to happen, right?
0: We did. We called it, but it was like, okay, we were always kind of questioning, okay, there were, there were some roles that made sense for him, and plus they were deciding mm-hmm. whether to pay him, but it's pretty clear they decided they weren't going to pay him. So if, if, if DJJ was not a playable player for them and didn't really have sort of discernible upside at this point to become a playable player for them in those kind of moments then they really got two players for one in a sense. And so I, I look at it like even if Harkless is not, uh, you know, doesn't go that deep with them, uh, he's probably going to play more than DJJ did. Yeah. And I just trust Avery Bradley's, I don't know, I trust his body of work more than I trust Jay Crowder's. That that, And I think that's what Greg is getting at. Avery Bradley has not had seasons where he shot 25% from three. And, and that's, so I, I think, you know, what you're getting from Avery Bradley. I think we would have went into this season with Jay Crowder kind of holding her breath. Is that fair?
3: Yeah. Well, especially if he was on a three year or four year deal, <laughs> right. so, right. So, so ultimately when we're also keeping the bigger picture in mind, I think that it's ultimately the best thing that they could have done. I mean,
0: it could have been the James Johnson situation all over again. I mean, really, yeah. uh, uh, it, it could, and never and look, again. James- well, never. Well, the thing about it is, James, we say, well, okay, Jay became a beloved player here, but so was James Johnson in 2016-17. I mean, he had a great two month stretch, a terrific through two month stretch, uh, where people were calling him like mini LeBron, okay, and then obviously he didn't live. He up was. Right after. He was great. He was. He was <laughs> great. He was great. All right. Uh, follow Nikias at basketballnews.com. Obviously follow Alex over at Tropical Blanket. Check out the Zoom calls. Greg Sylvander with us. Uh, we've got a bunch of new stuff that's coming forward. We have to decide on the name of Alex's segment because obviously we're going to do guts check. We're going to do al- outside test. I have some names for mine, but I think Alex's has to be. And I will end it here at the end of the day. Talk to you soon.